Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Samuel Adams Returns. Those anti-federalists, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, I can't believe it. But you should. They absolutely predicted it correctly. And this is Tom Navolis, your host. Delighted to be back with you once again. And today, as uh, it is in the newsletter, which you can sign up for at SamuelAdamsReturns.net. I highly encourage you to do that and also share it with others and make sure that as you do, you uh, share the, the podcast and also the videos there that are at the website for today's program. But the real issue of today is are you ready to take that dive down the rabbit hole. I, I know, I know, I, it, it's interesting. I'm kind of on that kick a little bit today about the, the rabbit hole. I was somehow looking at f- former literature and, and stories and that, and I came up with, obviously, Lewis Carroll's Alice in Wonderland. And I'm going, oh my goodness, as I started diving in to the topics for today's program, I'm going, yeah, we got to go figure out that question. Was Lewis Carroll on drugs when he wrote Alice in Wonderland? Well, the fact and the reality is he was not. I mean, the guy hardly even drank, let alone uh, did any type of drugs. It's just amazing. But you would think that the American people are all on drugs to believe everything that has been going on. Well, maybe not everything that's going on any longer with some of the uh, commentary that's coming out, especially on programs like uh, Tucker Carlson, where uh, truth is coming out. And it's, wait a minute, what have we here on this whole idea of a, a play on words from who's the Mad Hatter, who's the queen running around saying to take their heads off, and you know what has been going on with everything that we have been accosted with in a nightmare, sometimes considered a fantasy. Do you live in the Matrix? When in reality... It takes us back in history to none other than the Reorganization Act of 1939 and Franklin Delano Roosevelt, the great FDR, trying to streamline government to make it easier, more efficient, more effective. No, it was to consolidate more power. Uh, There's a link there on this Reorganization Act of 1939 that uh, we'll go through just briefly here, and that it was, again, something to take and uh, drive efficiencies in government by consolidating all these different agencies into uh, some of the departments that are now there or into the executive branch when they weren't. Well, this is the fault of Congress, obviously, uh, not wanting to do their job and allowing government to get too large over that first, what, uh, not even a, well, a, a good hundred years plus. By the time we get to 1939, we're over a hundred years of existence. And 
all during that period of time, government kept getting bigger and bigger, federal government getting bigger and bigger. So federal government grew to the extent that now, in our present time, in the civilian side of the federal government, we have over 2 million employees. And there's a link for you there on, on in the references at samueladamsreturns.net so that you can take a look at that over 2 million employees and the breakdown by the different organizations that they're a part of. But what what going on in this bloated government, especially now with what's happening in the O'Biden administration, are rules out the kazoo. The legislation has been hammered at us, especially with the Democrats over the last two years, and we'll see what happens in relationship to what actually gets passed through the Republicans with a Democrat Senate and the fact that we have the likes of Mitch McConnell and other rhinos in there that they're they're really not, they're all about power, let's just face it. I know I stumbled on that one. But the fact of the matter is the rabbit hole. And as I brought up, and we'll take a quick look at in these last few nine minutes or so uh, in this first segment, is that the Federal Register is a beast. So I have links in there for you about the Federal Register just on, say, uh, March 6th, March 7th. But for, for let's even look here at March 9th. And uh, what we're seeing is that in the current issue component, there's 91 documents that have been submitted and put into the Federal Register. And uh, this is from 45 different agencies comprising 397 pages. So what we have is eight uh, agencies are pushing special filings, and there's 11 documents, eight notices, and three proposed rules. So within the concept of the regular filings, you have 122 documents from 47 agencies. With 101 notices four proposed rules, and 17 rules in fact. We need uh, 2 million citizens that have a legal capacity of some nature to discern all of the nonsense that's being put in and upon us on a daily basis through federal bureaucratic rule. Now, there's a lot there, and the links are there. I I want you to go look at it. But where I want to focus in these last few minutes is on what I found uh, the other day in what I was doing in the Federal Register, searching on immigration in particular, But what it came down to is what we're seeing, and I'm really gloved as I have things always validated by uh, some journalists, but more so by a federal court because Florida sued on this particular proposed rule 
on circumvention of lawful pathways. And what that gets into is a 40, what is this document? I think that the proposed rule that is going to go into effect or would have gone into effect on March 27th is a 49-page gobbledygook. I mean, literally gobbledygook on this pathway uh, as uh, Title 42 goes away. Title 42 being that from the CDC saying that people can't come into their country uh, without, uh, you know, some understand, especially illegals. It's all about the illegals not being able to come into the country. Well, that is going away. And so the Biden administration with the Homeland Security, DOJ, immigration, all of that, wrote up this rule for this pathway to entry that is literally 49 pages of garbage, and you have to weave your way through the wokeness to truly understand that it is about a software application that people will take and have to apply before they cross the river or the border or the desert or wherever with the intent that, oh, this will stop human trafficking, malarkey, and, oh, well, if they didn't uh, take and sign up on the app ahead of time, then, oh, they'll come across the border. But you know what? We may, may, throw them out so that they could go out and sign up, and then we'll consider what their status will be and what it is for migration. These people are out of their minds, and they're, they're mixing what immigration law is. They're, they're using language to cause people to think that this is okay according to immigration law. It's not They're violating the spirit of the law. Uh, We know that the likes of Bastiat in the law, and also if you look at Montesquieu in the spirit of the law, you're taking and you're going, wait a minute. They're violating the total ideas intent of law and our immigration law and circumventing them with gobbledygook. Well, I have to say, thank the living God for Florida, for DeSantis, and for their Secretary of State, who sued, who does pay attention to the Federal Register. And they caught this. They saw this. And with it, They sued the federal government and taking and going, whoa, time out. So there is an article to a link here where the federal judge deep sixes Biden's catch and release of illegal migrants. And this has everything to do with this proposed rule that I'm showing you in the federal register. And not only that, there is a fabulous article here from Firebrand, illegal, glitchy app. So the app is glitchy. You think of that? No different than Obama with his health care nonsense. What a garbage app that was. 
So this is his illegal, glitchy app is Biden's latest attack on border security. Great articles, people able to catch this. But it doesn't go out to all the people because not even the Patriot Press is covering this so that you understand it. And the fact of the matter is you're not getting this because there's so much other information that's out there. And the mainstream media is never going to what? Talk about this other than this is a good thing. This is going to protect our borders when Title 42 goes away. It's a lie, as you're seeing from Tucker Carlson, and we'll talk about, especially uh, in the third segment, their liars. They are the greatest deceivers. They are children of Satan. They're liars. So anyway, what I want to catch you up on real quick is that this is a whole spin, as this one article puts out. This is how you take and you look at the levels of crime and illegal immigration. The Biden White House appears like they're going to do something, but they're not. It's all a spin. It's all a lie. And the deception is such that, read the article. But what I want you to understand, even from what is posted in the Federal Register on the gobbledygook, did you know that we've had reportedly seven to nine million or seven to nine thousand, let me correct that, seven to nine thousand people coming across the border a day with a maximum of somewhere to the extent of eleven to 15,000 coming across the border per day. It's an invasion. It is an invasion. The gobbledygook should simply say, no, we're stopping it, we're building the wall, and you can't come in. But, you know, go talk to some others. But the great thing is, in these last 30 seconds, is that there has been a stay put on this application to this parole pathway. And I'm going to pick it up a little bit more in the second segment because I think it's critical that we look at that before I get into government corporations. Oh, man, I'm telling you, wait till you hear that one. Sam Adams and the Anti-Federalists predicted a lot of what we are living through today. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to this second segment of Samuel Adams Returns. And as you were able to see from and hear (laughs) from that first segment, is that I have no energy on this topic whatsoever. None. I I mean, I'm so deadpan, flat-toned. I know. I'm baffling you all from my normal, exuberant self. The the rabbit hole of the bureaucratic state is such that we do not have what those that put the 1787 Constitution together were expecting for our future. And 
to the point of Benjamin Franklin when asked what we had and what was given out of that convention, a republic if you could keep it. (laughs) We haven't been able to keep it. I know. It, It really... It's going to be interesting, and we'll talk about in the third segment a little bit on uh, where you can get some additional guidance on how we need to approach this all again. But let me continue here on uh, what this federal judge in Florida has shut down Biden's parole pathway. Now, isn't that amazing? He would call it a parole pathway. You know, that's what uh, especially that homeland security kook, communist, traitor, the head of homeland security, and then the lowlife that's there as the attorney general. I don't even need to mention their names. You know who they are. These people should be impeached. Never going to happen. But they have this application and app Just think about it. All these illegals have cell phones. And, oh, did you see that article where they had 435 people packed into a 60-foot trailer that was left on the side of the highway? That's a whole other article you need to go look for and look at. That is murderous. And people allowing themselves to have that happen? I, it, it's beyond comprehension. But if you've never been to a third world country like I have, you, you have no sense of it. You have no sense of the desperation of the people to fight for themselves and be men of men and take their countries back from the enemies that are consuming the lives of them and their posterity. If they're going to die, die. Die on their own soil. But don't come here and die in a truck. That is sick and devastating. But this parole to pathway, that's what this document is calling it. Oh, we're going to give them this app that they can take and sign up for entry into the country. And if they tell us that they're abused in their country, if they tell us they're this, they're that, they're this, they're that, you know what? It's because their country took their firearms away from them and they have bad theology to the point that they cannot stand up for their own liberty. Well, I have to say our theology has gone bad in our country, so that's why We don't have anybody standing up for liberty to accept the few. But we'll get into that in the third segment. So anyway, the judge wrote on this whole thing is that a little more than a speed bump for aliens flooding into the country by prioritizing alternatives to detention over actual detention and by releasing more than a million aliens into the country on parole or pursuant to the exercise of prosecutorial discretion, which they were going to leave down to the the agent supervisors of INS, under a wholly inapplicable stature, without even 
initiating removal proceedings. So when he's talking about the inapplicable statute, not stature, but statute, it means that he was, there's a manipulation of the law. And that's what was going on is that in that 46-page document that I was trying to explain to you is a manipulation of the law. In other words, they're not following it. They're manipulating it. Majorca is a lying manipulator. Anyway, great articles, great information. Uh, go read the gobbledygook document, and it's 46 pages, and you'll be blown away. Now, the next step, or the next chapter, if you will, of this journey through the rabbit hole now comes to what was in Alice in Wonderland known as the caucus race. And this is the caucus race, I call it, of government corporations, where you know, nobody loses except the taxpayer, except you and I, the citizen, we lose. Now, what was interesting in uh, falling on this rabbit hole and this journey, this uh, race, if you will, is that uh, through none other than, once again, we're going to look at a creature called the uh, GAO, the Government Accountability Office. Well, what does that mean? What's accountability? And I fell into this by reading again, some changes in the Federal Register to these, uh, and, and what came out of the uh, Reorganization Act of 1939 was this whole thing on government-owned companies. Did you know that the government-owned companies, the government owns companies straight up, or they have a... I'll call it, it's not what they call it here, the private-public partnership companies and the government-owned corporations is their real legal name. Now, this is where these corporations take on activities for the government. But they're not tied to the government. They have literally no oversight. And quite frankly, it's even even says that the government what? The gov the GAO actually says, which is the Government Accountability Office, actually says in one of the in the report, there's the last report that came out on this was in 1998 on these corporations. So here's what it says on the oversight. There is, at present, little central management agency oversight or supervision of government corporations as a category of agency in the executive branch. Nor is there any central unit charged with designing government corporations from the perspective of presidential or central management interest. Government corporations today are largely perceived as discrete entities, each with its own political and administrative requirements, and each with its own route 
and degree of political accountability, individual corporations come under scrutiny from time to time by the OMB, that's the Office of Management and Budget, and Congress. Keywords, time to time. Got that? Or more precisely, a congressional committee responsible for oversight. What's the oversight committee do? They are tasked. More often than not, the immediate impetus for the oversight follows from the indications that a corporation is operating at financial risk or there is an appearance of wrongdoing. Other than that, they leave them alone. That's disgusting. They don't even fall under the standards. They Oh, they're supposed to, as a corporation, fall under accounting standards. They're supposed to fall under this and that and the other thing. Well, I'm telling you, it, it, this is an absolute mess. And some of these corporations that are in place, my question is, why? Why are they there? Why are they there? They don't need to be there. They don't need to be there any longer. Oh, well, don't, yeah, well, the post office. Oh, we need the post office, right? Well, that's one of them. The post office is there. So we look at all these different corporations. You have the post office. You have uh, that which comes under the Security Exchange Commission. You have, let's see, what is it? Under this, uh, these are the different bureaus and departments. Uh, the there's a the document that I have for you. Go to the uh, SamuelAdamsReturns.net, and there's the profile of existing government corporations. And once again, the last time this one was done was in 1995. Okay, 1995, and it goes through it, and it talks about once again lack of accountability. It gives I mean the thing is 190 pages long, and it goes through each one of these entities. So there's a flow chart on page seven that talks about the public owned ones. Uh, so the government department agent under government uh, corporations fully or partially funded by the U S government, some flexibility in adherence to federal statutes and regulations, some independent or part of government departmental agencies generally created to serve the public a function of predominantly a business nature. So some of the examples of that are like the Tennessee Valley Authority, the Rural Telephone Bank, uh, and so on. And then the privately owned and controlled that are government-sponsored, it goes through, and some of those are the Federal National Mortgage Association, Federal Home Loan Mortgage Corporation, Freddie Mac, Fannie Mae, all of those. And, and you sit there and you wonder, wait a minute. There's other so-called banking entities that are all part of this. And so, you know, when we start looking at it, we're going, what in the world are we talking about? So here's some. Here, here's a, a, a short list, if you will. African Development Foundation, Commodity Credit Union, Third, Community Development Financial Institutions Fund. Are you looking at the, what is, what's this one? Corporation for National and Community Services. The Export-Import Bank of the United States. 
boy, you talk about corruption. That, that's miserable. Federal Corp Insurance Corporation, Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, Federal Housing Administration, Federal Prison Industry. Government, all the J6 folks are suffering under that, the federal prison industry. You go through here, Government National Mortgage Association, National Credit Union Administration, National Railroad Passenger Corporation, Amtrak. Oh, here's another one. The Overseas Private Investment Corporation, Pennsylvania Avenue Development Corporation, Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation, Resolution Funding Corporation, Resolution Trust, Rural Telephone Bank, I mentioned, the St. Lawrence Seaway Development Corporation, the Financing Corporation, United States Enrichment Corporation. Are you being enriched by any of this? They're supposed to be operating, but they get taxpayer dollars, some of these as well. Folks, I, I, I don't know how we undo this until we have a real Congress and a real president that's willing to take and get rid of these entities that do not serve we the people. All right, I got to back it down a little bit because we're going to get all excited as we get into the next one because we're going to go through in the next segment the GAO report on what, January 6th. And quite frankly, it's real interesting on that, that once again, vindication comes, and it was interesting, I was watching Tucker Carlson the other night, and he brought up that report, because this report came out in February of 2023, and we'll get into that. Sam Adams understood all of this, the Federalists, they wanted more control in government, the Anti-Federalists did not come on back. Ladies and gentlemen, here we are in this last segment of Samuel Adams Returns. The Anti-Federalists, they did. They were prophetic in so many different ways, especially in the fact that they knew uh, the sinful natures of mankind. They studied history without the humanistic, the prejudices of man making himself a god. And that's what we have here in America now, as you well know, is that uh, we have developed that new national core religion uh, that is based on self. To that extent, then the power mongers, like those uh, in the Senate in particular, both uh, the Mitch McConnells and the other Republicans are joining with the Chuck Schumers and the other Democrats and all the other power mongers that are there that are uh, pure humanist. No respect, no understanding for the God creator of all things and the living king over heaven and earth. I've talked about it. I cannot leave that theme that is truth, is that Jesus is king over heaven and earth. So when we come to what has been uh, in the news this past week, and many have been talking about it, uh, many of the bloggers and all of that, um, the other night, 
actually Tucker Carlson was reporting on, I found at the beginning of the week, the GAO report, Government Accounting Office report of January 6th. And once again, I found it through going down these rabbit holes. And so you have all of these others, and once again, using the Lewis Carroll uh, story of Alice in Wonderland, the queen is running around off with their heads, cut off their heads, cut off their heads. You know, you, you've heard, as Tucker played on this other media, that, the, that these other people are saying that the January 6th folks should be shot. They should be killed. Here you have the Lewis Carroll, Alice in Wonderland, queens and kings running around off with their heads. Yet, the fact of the matter is, the evil that sat on the January 6th deselect, illegal, what, unselect committee about January 6th refused to even acknowledge. In fact, their findings came out before this report came out, but this report is more accurate than anything that the J6ers, uh, the, the, the Democrats, and their traitorous two Republicans that were on there could ever say. The GAO, the report is called the Capital Attack. Federal agencies identified some threats, but did not fully process and share information prior to January 6th. So the bottom line on this report is that Nancy Pelosi knew. Chuck Schumer knew. The Democrats and the Intelligence Committee knew. The senior Capitol Police knew. FBI agents knew. In fact, what they're talking about is that when this comprehensive report is done and examines how the federal agencies identified potential threats and how they use this information to prepare for and respond to the Capitol attack. They didn't. The report goes on to say, we found that all 10, whoa, I was only mentioning a few, 10 Federal agencies that were examined identified potential threats of violence before January 6th, but some agencies either did not follow their established policies or procedures for reviewing the threats or didn't, that means did not, didn't share critical information with partners responsible for planning security measures. Let that sink in. I was quiet there. Let that sink in. They knew that something could happen and they did not prepare. So they made agencies, I mean, they, they made recommendations to GAO, made re recommendations to five agencies to improve how they review and share information about potential threats. I'm going to go through that I'm not going to go through the details. You can look at and, de and, and download this report for yourself and um, you know, consider uh, 
well, what it was. So what they're talking about here, agencies obtained information on potential threats from various sources, including investigations, open sources, social media tips. All 10 agencies the GAO reviewed identified potential threats of violence and two, being the FBI and the Capitol Police, identified credible threats. Now, the question we all have, which was appropriately brought up by Tucker, is how many of those that were involved were federal agents? How many were the FBI so that they could have? They were the threat, <laughs> identifiable even. How about that? Who were they? Were they? So, however, some agencies did not fully process the information or share it, preventing critical information from reaching key federal entities responsible for securing the national capital region against any threats. For example, the FBI and Department of Homeland Security Offices of Intelligence and Analysis did not consistently follow agency policies or procedures for processing tips or potential threats because they did not have controls to ensure compliance with policies. Really? Maybe that's why the FBI is so out of control on a whole bunch of stuff. This is because, what is this? They don't follow policies. We see that all over the place. And these other agencies. So what else? Identifying and remediating internal control deficiencies, reasons why staff did not consistently follow policies, will help FBI and Department of Homeland Security Intelligence and uh, Analysis Office ensure policies are consistently followed and help ensure potential threats are developed and investigated as appropriate. Wow. Simplistic, right? Department of Homeland Security, Intelligence Analysis uh, Group, as well as the Capitol Police and Park Police did not consistently share all fully developed threat information with relevant stakeholders. I love all the touchy-feely things. Oh, the stakeholders, who are they? For example, DHSIA did not share threat products based on open sources with certain law enforcement partners. Capitol Police did not share threat products with its frontline officers. Now, you heard that on Tucker Carlson when he interviewed the lieutenant from the Capitol Police. So you sit there and you're shaking your head and you go, wait a minute. The Capitol Police did not share threat products with its frontline officers. That means exactly what that lieutenant was saying is that those guys at the top had all the information and they didn't let anybody that's going to be standing there facing their fellow citizens, they didn't let them know of potential problems. And then when the frontline folks asked for help, none came. And Pelosi allowed this to happen because she was ultimately in charge as Speaker of the House and she should have allowed what? She should have allowed the National Guard to come in and assist. You know, anyway, but the question is still begging how many federal agents were in the crowd 
pumping it up. Okay? Wasn't the Proud Boys necessarily. They were stupid, the Proud Boys and a few of the others. They were, you know, those are the nutcases, the fringe element, the ones that should be spanked if they actually did something wrong. They broke a window. They should be treated like anybody else that breaks windows. Anyway, oh, that's right. Anybody else that breaks windows like Antifa and all of that, then let them out of jail. Oh, go figure that. But that wouldn't fit the political mindset of the left. Anyway, let's continue on with this because it's kind of fun and we only got four minutes left. So the GAO goes that uh, they found that uh, DHSIA, that's the what investigation and intelligence and analysis group, did not have internal controls. Oh, boy. Oh, wow. That is scary. When you really think about they did not have internal controls. That means they still do not have internal controls. What are these people that are supposed to be the purveyors, the holders, the surveyors of intelligence. And look, I disagree that the Department of Homeland Security should have the level of access to our private information without securing our Fourth Amendment rights. These people are worse than Stasi and Gestapo in any of the KGB and GRU. They didn't have internal controls. And other agencies did not have policies to enable sharing of threat information. So why did the GAO do the study? Prior to and during the events of January 6, 2021, federal, state, and local entities were responsible for identifying and sharing information on potential threats to inform security measures and ensure the safety of the U.S. Capitol. Is that prior to or is that supposed to be all the time? Why was that just then? GAO was asked to review the January 6th attack. Who asked? Why? What for? This is the seventh in a series of reports and addresses. One, how federal agencies identified threats related to the events of January 6th. So there was specific targeting out there. You got to understand, even before, so they started, the federal government started probing citizens the day after the election. And even in some cases prior to. But that's what they started doing. So, then two, the extent to which federal agencies took steps to process and share threat information prior to the events of January 6th. And three, how federal agencies identified their threat information for the events of January 6th compared to other large demonstrations in Washington, D.C. Okay, so what that says is they do threat analysis of every major event that is going to happen in Washington, D.C., they do intelligence on every event. Why didn't they do it on the, what, Antifa events? Why didn't they do it on that? Boy, you talk about a downfall. 
Well, folks, I don't have a whole lot more time, but let me take you to summary and uh, what I wanted to share with you on um, something here that you need to take a look at on solutions. Go look at all the details. There's a lot of reports. I don't know if you'll read it all. I know that a lot of people don't like to read, but it's there. But I want you to take a look at um, a young man who's actually, I don't know how young he really is, but a Dr. Greg Salazar. Uh, he did, got his Ph.D. at Cambridge University, and he is a professor of historical theology at the Puritan Reformed Seminary. He's doing a series, or has done a series, on Puritans on political and cult, politics and culture. And in this, he talks about the way that the Puritans uh, formed a changes in society that are a godly way of doing it. And that's what our founders understood. That's what Sam Adams understood. And I'm going to have to come back and give you more on that. But go to the links at samueladamsreturns.net, and I'll see you next week.